You are listening to Church 101, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning. It feels like morning, but I look outside and it almost feels like evening for some reason. I don't know why. But it's good to be with you. Um, We are still chugging along in our Church 101 series, which is where we are spending some time each week looking at some of the basics in the church. Um, We've been dealing with a lot of things that are kind of uh, just, you know, some of the things that the church is just called to do, some of the things that, uh, you know, we were uh, instructed to do so long ago. and Many of us have maybe forgotten or just fallen short and and just kind of said, I'm doing this instead. I mean, there's many things that we have done in the church. Um, today we're actually going to kind of go back. This is like super 101 stuff right here. Um, and I, I covet your prayers for this message. This is not an easy, an easy message uh, to hear, much less to deliver. Um, but today we are looking at the resurrection. Um, I encourage you to turn with me, uh, turn your attention to the screen or an applicable app in your smartphones to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. Hear these words. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are all of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have died. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a uh, this is a difficult passage to read. And since we are in the Church 101 series, I want to tell you, I believe that that was intentional repetition (laughs) that we see in First Corinthians. Uh, Did any certain words stand out at you from that? It was raised, 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 died, raised. Those are the words that we are not to forget. Now, when I was a kid, um, I really uh, kind of fell in love with this uh, movie. It it was a silly movie. It was uh, a very silly movie, actually. Um, It was it was something completely different. It was Monty Python and the search for the Holy Grail. Some of you have uh, laughed in recognition of the silliness or that you have joined in that silliness. However, silly walks. Um, Monty Python was they were just these crazy Brits who kind of brought this sense of humor uh, that no one else had dared, you know, in a way that no one else had seen. And, and I remember in this movie, there was an interesting scene. Um, it was the it was the Holocaust scene, the bubonic plague scene, however you want to think of it. Um, and people were dying because of the bubonic plague. They were dropping like like flies And this scene. And again, only Monty Python can do this because, I mean, you're taking something that isn't funny and you're trying to make it funny. And he would carry that person on his shoulder and said, the guy on his shoulder is like, I'm not quite dead yet. Right. And what they did in that moment is they brought a smile to the faces of people who realize death is not funny. 
They brought a smile and a chuckle from one of the heaviest subject matters that has ever existed. And they move on and the skit's going on a little bit. At one point, the guy says, you're not fooling anyone, you know. They did it again. I chuckled again. It's something I'm not supposed to laugh at. And then years later, uh, I liked that one, so I saw this other film. Both of these probably we will not have on our movie watching list here at Faith on 68. Um, but the meaning of life, there was another scene that dealt with death in yet another satirical and kind of funny way. What is this? It was a dinner party, and they were all seated at this table, and the Grim Reaper shows up. Angel of death, however you want to make sense of this Grim Reaper figure, right? Comes in, and is, they're like, hi, death. How you doing, death? And all this kind of stuff, and we kind of smile a little bit at the absurdity of it all. He sits down at the table with them, and at one point the guy says, well, if this is real, if we have really died, then... Answer me this, how did we all die at the same time? And Grim Reaper just extends a bony finger and points at the salmon loaf. And the one guy says, you didn't use canned salmon, did you, dear? And again, we laugh. At what isn't really all that funny. Monty Python had this gift at doing that. And I, and I think that what they did, what they hit on in those sketches were, yeah, they were dark. Yeah, we were, we were laughing at stuff and maybe we felt guilty about laughing at because the essence of the subject matter wasn't funny. But they brought levity to one of the heaviest situations in a way that few other comedians or even evangelists or, I mean, just about anyone ever had. It's not an easy subject matter to discuss. And I ask you today... To join me in remembering the resurrection. This is Church 101, resurrection. This is the is this the class you signed up for? You're in the right place. The resurrection does not mean dead. What does resurrection mean? Anyone? Rose, right? Your rise, life. Christ rose. And in fact, the, the Greek word is anastasis. There's a new Hillsong song and it's called anastasis. I love that song. Um, but anastasis seriously means to rise, to rise again as from the dead. Um, to stand is another meaning for that. Uh, just in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, it's used four times. Um, you know, verse 12, 13, 21, and 42. This doesn't really mean anything to you, but I want to make it mean something to you. They are telling us something. You can say, oh, yeah, they used it that many times. And pastors do that all the time. In the Greek, it is used this many times. That doesn't matter. However, by them using it that many times, what do I need to know? And you need to know that Christ rose from the dead. Because what does it mean? What doesn't it mean? How can we live into the resurrection while we are still alive if such a thing is possible? That's what we're going to be talking about today. The first piece is that what does it mean? But we'll get to that. First, I want to talk to you about the Apostles' Creed. Any of you ever uh, read the Apostles' Creed, recite the Apostles' Creed, memorize the Apostles' Creed? Um, any of that, okay? Uh, the Apostles' Creed, for those of you going through like new member and confirmation class, this is probably going to be something you're going to hear very soon. Um, but it's, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Go ahead to the next slide. I have it up there so we can kind of read along with it. Uh, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic, that means universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. So this is the Apostles Creed. Uh, We're actually, if you want to learn more about it, we're going to have a study starting uh, the second week in March on this right here from 6 to 715. I hope you'll join us. You'll hear more about that if you haven't already on Facebook. Um, But do you notice anything interesting about this creed? Probably a few things. And I hope that you, you notice a few things about this creed. But what struck me is it goes like through all of this. And this is one of the oldest. This is one of the oldest creeds that we still use. Um, but it goes directly from like death to, to resurrection. It's like he's born and then he dies and then he rises. I don't know about you. I wish there was more about what he did. You know, where's his ministry at? You know, but what this creed does is it nails it right into everyone who has to remember it, memorize it, to be confirmed with it, whatever that Christ rose. Other religions, they don't really do that. Jesus was the son of God. He rose from the dead. Jesus can claim that. And so I want to say what that means, if you're taking notes, right? Jesus really did this. (laughs) You know, he rose from the dead. And that's important because it means so can I. It means so can I. I think there's a slide that may say that. I'm not sure. Yes, we can too. Take note of this. It's important. And this is at the very fundamental of what it means to be a Christian in the church. What it doesn't mean, the creed states that Jesus died, okay? Uh, and we know this. They, they pierced his side and blood and water flowed. The Romans were actually very good at executing people and very good at knowing if they executed people properly. And so he was dead, physically dead. So he physically rose. What this doesn't mean is that he was a zombie. He wasn't some zombie. You know, people were watching, uh, you know, The Walking Dead. And so they're like, Jesus was an original zombie. No, Jesus wasn't grotesque. Jesus was not a zombie. What it also does not mean, Jesus was not a ghost. You know, his his disciples, they they actually encouraged that he ate physically ate food to show his disciples that he wasn't a ghost. He was not a zombie. He was not a ghost. What we see is Jesus physically walked after Anastasis. After his rising from the dead. Real Jesus. Really risen. And now here's my final question. Remember there were three. Is it possible to live into the resurrection while we are still living? Good question. Yes. And no. Deal with the no first, because you're like, no. Yeah. No, we're not quite dead yet. Okay? So we will not fully embody what we will fully embody at our resurrection until it happens. Okay? There's the no. Here's the yes. When we become a follower of Christ, we die to ourselves. The Apostle Paul presents this wonderfully in, in uh, Colossians. He, he puts it like this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above 
where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, Christ is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And he goes on, the Apostle Paul goes on to talk about things that we need to put to death. And he's not talking people, tribes, you know, wombats or whatever they do in Monty Python. None of that. That's not what we need to put to death. We need to put to death certain things within us. There are sins within us that need to be put to death, according to the Apostle Paul. And he promotes that we can live into Christ's resurrection before we breathe our last. We can live into the promise of what lay ahead. And we can live into the purpose of now. Into the promise of what lay ahead and into the purpose of now. Because we're not quite dead yet. And there are other people out there that aren't quite dead yet. And they don't know about anastasis. I want you to hear this today. God has plans for you. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, to prosper you for a future. Whatever death you may be experiencing in your life. God can grant anastasis. A rising, a standing again, even when it feels like the feet have been swept out from under you. Anastasis. Jesus desires that for your life. It may not look the way it will when we physically are are resurrected, but Jesus offers you a resurrection today in your life. Maybe it's a dead end job. Maybe you're tired of always finishing dead last. Maybe you're just dead on your feet, working nonstop, no time for the kids, no time for the family. Whatever your death is that you are experiencing, God wants you to rise. God wants you to be resurrected. Maybe you don't even have time for God. God wants you to be resurrected. And maybe for you, your time on earth is almost done. This is a reality. That's why this is such a hard message to hear, much less deliver. When your time on earth is almost done, Jesus wants you to know anastasis. To truly live. Maybe you're coming to grips with losing someone you love. I know there's quite a bit of death right here in our congregation today. Anastasis. Jesus says, rise up. Jesus says that to you. Jesus says that to those who have already gone on before. Hear him today. Open yourself to hear. It's a hard message. Open yourself to hear it because this, this is our hope. Death does not get the final answer. Resurrection. Resurrection. 
Jesus died, was buried on the third day, rose again. This is our hope, the hope of all who believe. Just believe. And I said, we live into the promise of what lay ahead, but also into the purpose of our now. Share that anastasis with anyone that you meet. Because they're not quite dead yet. And neither are you. Live. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we just thank you for the way that you call us to rise. From the various forms of death that we experience. Remind us. Death doesn't get the final answer. You've already put a very large exclamation point on that. Resurrection. We get to experience new life. Because you already died for us. Death was arrested.